Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian Nebel, along here with Michael Nanya. And uh, before we dive into our normal scheduled talk about the Eagles and the Jets, uh, it's probably a more prominent issue in the NFL and what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So I'm offering my thoughts and prayers to not only him, but to his family, to the Buffalo Bills, and to everyone in the NFL and hoping that he makes a great recovery. And I think today, just recently, uh, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, they talked about that he opened his eyes. It seems that he's getting back to just uh, recovering fully. So hopefully he makes a full recovery as quickly as possible. And it's good that he is uh, in good hands and being treated well and making a full recovery. Uh, Michael, do you have anything to say about that? No, totally agree with you. Um, Obviously, a very scary and tragic situation uh, for for everyone around the league and everyone watching, but obviously, most importantly, him and his family, everyone close to him, his teammates. So, uh, tough thing to watch, but it seems like it's trending in a positive direction. So, uh, very thankful for that and happy for him and everyone close to him. So, that is awesome to see. It's just... A scary situation, something that I've never seen before happen on in a football game. You know, you don't know how to react, and there's probably medical personnel right on the sideline that were able to help him out and had to give him CPR because he wasn't breathing originally. So, seems like a miracle worked out, and he's going to be okay. Uh, the Jets and the Eagles once again, a bunch of losers, and this Eagles one really, really got to me this week because. <laughs> This was a disgusting performance that hey, we could start with the Jets. This one, if you want to start with the Jets, um, not a great performance in Seattle. I'll let you go first. Do you have anything to say about that one? Yeah, I mean, I feel great. It was a really entertaining game to watch. It was good to see the Jets put in a fight, you know, with their playoff lives <laughs> on the line. It was competitive. It was, you know, full of heart and passion. So It looked like they wanted it. Yeah, it really looked like they wanted it. I mean, despite the final score, you know, 17-point difference, I mean, the Jets left it all <laughs> in the line out there. Despite the 60-yard run on the first play and the multiple interceptions and all that, it was a very, very hard-fought game for the Jets. Yeah, you take out the... Just ignore the, the score. negatives. It was good other than yeah. that. No, it but was... I mean, it was, it was a very disheartening way to finish the season. It really felt like from the first play of the game, you know, the first play was Kenneth Walker ripping off a 60-plus yard run. From Right from that point, you could, it did not feel good. And I know that's a hindsight thing to say because I easily could have come back in the game, but it really did feel from that point like, oh, no, here we go. They just totally were, were not totally invested in the game. Um, which obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they were. They just weren't executing. But it, it didn't seem like the energy was as high as it should have been. Um, but the biggest story is Mike White and the way he played in his uh, return to the field because, you know, you know, he was supposed to be the savior. He was supposed to be an upgrade over Zach Wilson. But he didn't look like he was still 100%. It seemed like he was very rattled out there coming back with, you know, fractured ribs. I'm sure he's still not completely healed from that even if he was cleared so you know yeah. he was shying away from contact his footwork looked different he's not as confident to stand in the pocket and rip some of those great throws he was making earlier this season so he really struggled he missed a lot of open throws had a couple of costly interceptions 
and uh, also lost the fumble as well. So he, he really struggled, and it, the Jets did not get the improved quarterback play they thought they were going to get, and it's a, probably yet again the main reason they lost the game. And you look at their yeah. nine losses this season, and I would say the quarterback was the number one reason they lost in seven of those. So you know, it's pretty clear where the priorities lie going into the offseason at this point, and that's the quarterback position because it, the defense, despite – you know, not playing great these past few weeks. They're still number four in fewest points allowed. And the offense, you know, you have pieces coming back with Brees Hall, Elijah Vera Tucker, you got Garrett Wilson. There there are pieces there as well. But quarterback play this season has limited the Jets all year. And unfortunately, Mike White could not be that, you know, temporary solution because of the injuries he suffered. Yeah. It, I mean... I didn't really watch this game fully, but I saw some of the highlights and saw the run from Kenneth Walker and some of the interceptions that Mike White threw, and it just it didn't look like they were playing up to their standard. And it's you know, like we said, <laughs> like you said last week, said let's focus on scoring touchdowns first. So once again this week. <laughs> They didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, they, like they played was, like they were talking I don't about know what the issue scenarios was, I don't... as much as I was. That's what they played like. Like, if I were – they were basically a representation <laughs> yeah, of what I would play ahead. like if I went on the field after talking about scenarios as much as I did. What was that, two straight games with no touchdowns? Is that even, that even a thing? How do you not score a touchdown even in garbage time or something? They didn't even get I close. Know. I mean, the I don't Jets... think they got to the red zone in this game. <laughs> that's that someone's that's a fireable offense. Obviously, not for Robert Sala. That someone's got a some changes got to be made somewhere. Um, well, the Jets season comes to an end, and but the Eagles, as I was talking about, as much as a must-win game could be, I thought this game against the Saints was much win a uh, must-win. And what do they do? They don't win. Uh, it, they started out in disgusting fashion, four straight three and outs on offense. They only got just the first down right before the end of the first half. They didn't score in the first half. Um, the offense got booed off the field at halftime as they should have, and Gardner Minshew just looked terrible. I don't know what it is with him, but it seems like um, he just – he has jittery feet in the pocket. Like, he's not trusting – either himself or his offensive line just to stay in the pocket and make these throws because he's got terrific receivers on the outside that both, again, had great games. I mean, A.J. Brown had a nice long touchdown. And it seemed like when he got that 78-yard touchdown that, okay, maybe the Eagles ignites a spark on the team. But still, no, and it wasn't even – and also, you know, I was going to switch to the defense, but also Miles Sanders having a good game, and he's only getting 12 carries against a not-terrific run defense – but a, a very solid and very good Saints pass defense that just got uh, Marshawn Lattimore back, who also had a telegraph pick six. It seemed like A.J. Brown was trying to tell him, hey, don't throw it to me on a little slant. And he wasn't, I guess, giving his full effort on the slant, and Minshew just stared him down. Pick six right to Marshawn Lattimore. And right when that happened in the fourth quarter, you knew that was the game. Uh, but, but Minshew just didn't look good at all, and, on some of the plays that make the Eagles offense so successful, uh, like these um, RPOs, I've never seen Minshew hold one and run with it. Even when 
the defensive end or outside linebacker will crash down on Miles Sanders. He just hands it off every single time. You know, no one's asking you to run for 20 yards, but, you know, you get a little six, seven-yard run. Keep him honest. That opens up more for the offense, which he's not doing. And he didn't look good this game. Um, but the defense is just just got picked apart by Andy Dalton. And I don't – they're just sitting back in these zone coverages. Um, even against Dallas, Dallas didn't do well against Philly when they played man coverage. And, again, against uh, New Orleans and Andy Dalton, they just sat back in zone coverage. And he picked them apart, only threw four incompletions. He did throw one interception to J- uh, Josiah Scott. That was a totally bad read. It was, like, triple covered. Um Alvin Kamara had a solid game. It seemed just like the run defense couldn't totally stop him when they needed. Taysom Hill was just running up the middle. He was throwing passes. He was catching passes. He was doing everything you expect Taysom Hill to do. And it was just a bad showing from the defense besides the pass rush again, which has been the saving grace these past few weeks for the Eagles defense because they've not looked good. And now – as I said, this game against the Saints was must win. This game against the Giants is must win because if you don't get if you don't beat the Giants, the Cowboys will probably win next week. You're out of the one seed in this whole season. Basically just for nothing. You you start off 13-1 and you're just gonna finish 13-4, lose three in a row. It will be a disgusting way to go into the playoffs. They need to win this game. Hope that well, I'm gonna say hopefully. Jalen Hurts needs to play. He, he needs to play. It seems like he's going to play. He's been limited in, in practice. seems like he's healthy, but he has to play because you can't better Minshew out in this game. The Giants did clinch a playoff spot, so who knows if they'll rest any starters or not. But you need to win this game. You need home field advantage because the way this team has been playing lately, if you're not home you're and you're not getting a healthy Jalen Hurts, you're going to be one and done. And also Lane Johnson is um, been out. That's a big thing for the Eagles' offense. They need Lane Johnson, but they're getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. They're getting somewhat healthy getting in the past, but, I mean, a, a disgustingly ugly performance against the Saints is what I watch. Yeah, what is the news on the Giants right now in terms of whether they're going to be playing starters this week? Because I know they're locked into, I believe, the sixth seed, right? They're locked into so, yeah. that. Yeah. I, um, I saw some, I guess, some Giants report or something, say on Twitter, um, a little bit ago, he said, um, from what I've seen, this is quoting him, not fully accurate, but it was along the lines of like, from what I've seen in practice, the Giants will rest some key starters. So I guess they probably probably wouldn't risk Saquon. He's been um, pretty injury prone here somewhat around his career. They probably wouldn't play him too much at all. Same probably with Daniel Jones. You don't want to risk your quarterback and your running back. Um so I'd imagine, you know, maybe like guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, Dexter Lawrence, they're big playmakers to maybe only play a few drives. Um, but I don't know what you do in the situation of the Giants. You know, like you're locked in your spot. Um, but just a couple of years ago, the Eagles took out um, starting quarterback Carson Wentz when they had a playoff spot already locked up and the Giants needed the Eagles to win against Washington, I believe it was, and they brought in Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> and they lost the game that keep the Giants out of the playoffs. So I wonder if revenge is on the mind for the Giants here. But also, you know, do you risk your best players getting injured for the playoffs? So it's a tough situation to do. Um, if I had to guess, they'd probably maybe play a drive or two. Guys like Saquon, Daniel Jones, or big defensive guys. 
and then bring in the backups because I think, you know, you don't want the Eagles to get the one seed for the Giants, but you also would rather be fully healthy as your own team going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I were in the Giants situation, I would be all aboard the rest train. I wouldn't care much about revenge or mm-hmm. anything like that because, you know, it's all about winning a championship and you make it this far and health is yeah. so important. It's just not worth it to me at all. I mean, maybe play them a series just so you keep that sort of momentum going, you know, prepare for a game, yeah. step out on the field, just continue that you know rhythm you have going in terms of just the whole week going into a game and then playing in it. But uh, to risk them, play them the whole game uh, seems counterproductive for me. So it will be interesting to yeah. see if they do. But the Eagles, it's so interesting. They've had this amazing season. They've really throughout the year been the most successful team this regular season. But you lose two games now, one of those obviously to Dallas. And now you're sitting here just one loss away from potentially being in the wild card round with 13 wins. I don't know oh, if it's ever happened. So... I mean, big game here, but you're at home against a Giants team that, you know, might play some starters, but it does seem clear they're going to be resting some at least. And it's got to have this one. Got to have it. So we'll see if they can take care of it. And then the Jets are in a different situation on the other side. They're on the Giants side, really, in this game, you know, thinking about playing spoiler for the Dolphins. Um, Robert Sala has said that he's not making any lineup changes. They're still playing to win this game which I don't really agree with because, you know, they have a lot of young guys who could use we more want the draft snaps. pick. Um, you know, some some of the players they drafted who have been lower in the depth chart but could use more reps like the tight end, Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, who they drafted in the third round. Um, Bryce Huff, who's only been playing situationally. Jermaine Johnson, who's only been playing um, as part of the rotation. So there are guys who could use more reps here. Just give them a chance to get some burn, get some ta- uh, some plays on tape. Um, yeah. but it looks like we're going all out, but who knows? Because now it's looking like maybe there will be an eighth seed in the mix. That's a rumor that's been floating around that maybe the league is going to explore um, adding an eighth playoff team to take away that bye week advantage. But that's just a rumor. We'll see if that happens. But if it, if it does, though, the Jets that, are magically back in this. Not this season, is it? I mean, that's what um, Pro season, Football Talk tweeted that. that out. Yeah, they said. That uh, that's one of the solutions being considered to uh, oh. move forward with the without the Bengals Bills game being replayed. Yeah, an eighth, eighth, uh, an eighth team. Wow. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with that game. I don't know because the Bengals, you know, the Bills obviously have their own Week 18 game. Do they just? I don't. I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> you know, this is why I don't work for the NFL. I guess because I don't know how you handle. A situation like that um it, it was it was crazy watching because for a second it's like are they actually going to continue this game like cancel this game please someone just collapsed on the field he got taken to the hospital why are you thinking about playing this game i it was like an hour before they decided to cancel the game and it was it was an awful awful display by the nfl yeah, it definitely felt like it you know, took a little bit longer than it definitely should have. Um, ultimately made the right call, but you know, it shouldn't really have ever been in question. So you know, it was a crazy situation, and now you have to try to figure out how to get the season back on track and move forward without it. I mean, I saw one thing that they were considering is some sort of scenario where the, um, the one seed would get to choose 
um, if they wanted the buy or if they wanted the home field advantage um, throughout the playoffs. Or in, like another scenario where if the Bills played the Chiefs later in the playoffs, it would be played at a neutral site to take away the uh, the home field advantage because the Bills you know, now can't catch up to them if the Chiefs win their last game. So there are some mm-hmm. unique situ- uh, scenarios and solutions being thrown around here. But, you know, the Bengals also were going to have a chance to potentially get that one seed. So, you know, they also are in the mix there. So obviously none of this is the most important thing in the situation, yeah. but it's you know something that is, you know, they're now that they're moving forward, going to have to think about. Yeah. I didn't even, yeah, I just, I just saw, I looked it up and I guess I saw the pro football talk uh, article because I didn't even know they were thinking about a, Eight seeds for both the NFC and the AFC. That would be these playoffs are just changing year in and year out. You know, you get only one team gets a buy now, and I think another eight teams. Next, it's going to be every team gets Everyone a buy. Just the have a have a March Madness bracket. That'd be kind of cool, though. I mean, but obviously that wouldn't be realistic at all. But that'd be kind of just funny uh, seeing just every team for the NFC and AFC. What if they just did it like instead of NFC versus NFC, they just Went by seeding one through thirty-two. I guess did it like that. That'd be good. Maybe there'd have to be some sort of advantage for for how you play the regular season. Maybe yeah, uh, you get like a certain amount of points to start the game. Like favored teams get a touchdown to start, or, or just even like you know, like how like the um, March Madness does it. How you get like your four one seeds. You know, they could be like the two one seeds. You know, AFC NFC, and they could get. Guaranteed home field advantage or something. I don't know. It'd just be a funny, cool way to do something. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking like it just has me thinking about playoff expansions. I don't. I think the playoffs are at a good spot where they are now, and I hope they don't really make too many changes to it. I don't really want to see more teams out of the playoffs. So I think the playoffs. It's the playoffs. You know, either play well enough for the regular season to make it, or you don't. I think that's how it is. How it should stay. Yeah, I like how it is, and I think it's the current format is a, an upgrade over the 12 teams because I like how the – well, I, I like two things about it. First, I like how, the, how there's only one bye because that keeps the top teams playing for something until the end because generally, you know, as we're seeing here with both conferences, you know, it goes up until that last week to where teams are still competing for that top seed versus mm-hmm. when there were two, you know, you could clinch that a little bit earlier. Um, maybe there's yeah. a little bit less incentive to get one of those two buys, but now that there's only one, it makes it a deeper race. But then I like the having the third wild card too. It really adds uh it, it puts a lot more teams into the mix until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And and I think I mean last year we didn't necessarily get deserving teams. The Eagles were one of them, and the Steelers in that seventh seed, and they both got blown out. But um, and also this year, I guess we're not really gonna get one in the AFC. But uh, the NFC is going to have a very interesting seventh team, whether that's Seattle, Green Bay, or Detroit. That's going to be interesting to watch. AFC, though, I mean, I don't know who we're putting in that seventh seed. Miami, New England, Pittsburgh, but it's not going to be a very threatening team to the Bills or Chiefs or whoever it is. Well, Pitt- Pittsburgh hasn't looked terribly bad here recently. Can you yeah, I mean, the Steelers definitely have figured played out. well since TJ Watt came back. I mean, he's been there big difference maker just whether or not he's healthy determines how good they are and he's been out there so they've been winning games so we'll, we'll see what they can do but um you know it seems like the Steelers are just 
pulling the classic Mike Tomlin act of, you know, this team is just not allowed to have a losing record. So let's rip off some wins here before the end of the season. They just, they, what do they have like four wins earlier on the season, like four and seven or something. And now they're just, they're right in the playoff mix somehow. I don't know how they do it every year. Like even with Mitch Trubisky and you get um, Kenny Pickett, they could throw anyone out there. I think there are Mason Rudolph out there, and they'll still be in the playoffs somehow. Um, who has the um, – just looking at oh, the Patriots currently have the um, yeah. seven seed. Yeah. Patriots and well, – oh, the Jaguars, yeah. Oh, they, the NFL.com has this thing all weirded out. I don't <laughs> – they have it going one, two, three, five, six, four, seven. So I was a little confused for a second. I was like, the Jaguars aren't the sixth seed. Um, but that's a big game for the AFC playoff picture. Jaguars, Titans for the AFC South Championship. Um, and I hope to see the Jaguars get that. I'd much rather see them in the playoffs. Uh, I think they're a better team than the Titans. And they've been playing terrific football here lately. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence has been out of his mind. And I would just love to see a young team. It, it's almost like back in 2017. Um, how the Jaguars kind of just took the league by storm with Saxonville, another young team, Blake Bortles, and they won games in the playoffs. I'd love to see that again. Now, Jaguars, I think, would be a real threat if they get in because, like, midseason, it almost felt like they were a year away. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Lawrence was taking a, a decent leap this year, but not a huge leap. They had signed a bunch of free agent talent. They had some other guys breaking out, like Travis Etienne, Christian Her- uh, Kirk was having a good season. And they knew Calvin Ridley would be back next year, but they were kind of losing the close games. Like they lost to the Eagles. They lost some other games they should have had. So it seemed like they were maybe a year off while the Titans were going to do their thing and win the division. Um, But now they've just really caught fire and the Titans have totally collapsed. So it seems like maybe they're skipping that, you know, that middle year that this was supposed to be and just getting straight to the contention because if they can get in on a a long winning streak here with, with Trevor Lawrence playing like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league playing a home playoff game. I mean, like there's no limit to what they can do. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, once you get that, all you need is that one home playoff win and carry some, they're probably one of the hottest teams in football right now. It's really what the playoffs are adding for the NFL, but just for any sports, it just seems like the team that gets hot at the right moment is the team that makes it all the way. And I'll tell you what the Eagles are. Not the hottest team in football right now, if you're wondering. Definitely not that. Uh, they look like an atrocious team. They're just turning the ball over much more than they were earlier in the season. Obviously, no Jalen Hurts these past two games, so can't totally just say they're looking incompetent, but the injuries are just piling up. Uh, I still think the biggest one is Lane Johnson. They just, even ever since he's gotten the league and he's been injured they just have not played well when he's not out there um so i just hope <laughs> whether it be in the divisional round or the wild card round whatever i just hope he's back out there for the team and jalen hurts is back for my sanity because if they lose in the first playoff game i will be shouting in our episode following that loss you do not want to be going to tampa bay in the wild card round after no, <laughs> everything you've succeeded this season. Because <laughs> Tampa Bay is getting healthy too. 
Yeah, I mean, Brady looks good. Very. He's got a connection going with Mike Evans. I mean, very nearly, though, you almost had the Panthers pulling that off. Could have had the Eagles going to Carolina uh, for yeah. the wild card game. Could have been an opportunity for you to go oh, if you wanted to. Yeah. I could have I went to that one. Yeah, I was, they, uh, they didn't really play Josh Norman that much, but he played a couple snaps, and I think they said he was only thrown out once. I think it was he was guarding Julio, and he didn't allow a catch. And they just had like a bunch of randoms out there at corner. So I wish, I really wish the Panthers pulled that one out. Because if, God forbid, the Eagles didn't win next week and they had to go to Carolina, that would have been a game that I would have loved to go to. And what can you say about Sam Darnold? I mean, let's give him some credit. Despite the loss here, he had another solid game. And it's interesting for Carolina because it's, you know, it's hard to go off of what he did this year because it was only, I think he's played five games, five or six games this year. But uh, he has looked really good. He's definitely uh, looked his best games. that he has. Uh, as a it pro. Is, it's kind of hard to go off of because, you know, he started last season pretty solid. But then ultimately, once the full season was done, it was basically exactly the same as he looked with the Jets. So, you know, only six or five games here. So I don't know if he's back in Carolina. They're going to have a good draft pick. They're going to have an opportunity to make a quarterback move. But uh, Darnold's going mm. into free agency here, and maybe he played himself into – another starting job when it looked like maybe he was going into backup territory, but you know, five games here, he had seven touchdowns, one pick nine yards per attempt, one Oh five quarterback rating. I mean, Darnold showed some stuff. This he could season. run a little bit too. Only 25. Yeah. He, he ran too. a couple of rushing he's touchdowns. He's a first guy in last guy out kind of guy. First sneaky guy athletic in. kind of sneaky, kind of guy. <laughs> sneaky <laughs> athletic kind of guy. So, I mean, where could we see Darnold ending up? Uh, what are some quarterback needy teams we could think maybe who would be into a bridge? It's a tough court? situation. Yeah, it's a it's a tough situation for the Panthers, I think, because do you just maybe bring them back and attack a more pressing need um, for your team, like uh, another pass rusher opposite Brian Burns? Um, they could use maybe another corner. That's had Jason been any good since he got drafted, what, number three overall, was it? Something very high. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jeff Okuda got very high. He was one of the two, but they could take a corner. They could take a pass rusher. They could take another receiver. So I think, I don't know what you do. You know, like Bryce Young is going to be Stroud, and you probably don't take a quarterback. Or you trade down a little bit, maybe acquire more assets because they're a young team and they could they're i'm not gonna say they're a few pieces away from being like an elite contender but they're a few pieces away from probably being the best team in um the nfc south because who knows what tom brady does because he's also gonna be a free agent this season yeah i was looking through the teams and maybe tennessee darnold option you know if they move on from Tannehill, try to get out of that contract but Try to keep winning. He could be a bridge option there. That's one team. Raiders could be in the quarterback market. Looks like Derek Carr is on the way out. Derek um, Carr to the Jets, baby. Woo! That's what I got my eyes on. I'm all aboard the Derek Carr train. I think, you know, if you're the Jets, like you're going into a playoffs or bust season next year, it's year three for Salah, year four for Joe Douglas. Neither's had a winning record. They have to make the playoffs this year. It's required. Ooh. And, you know, they don't have the, yeah, they don't have the luxury to deal with another rookie quarterback. They don't have the luxury to try to develop Zach Wilson, try to bank on Mike White. They 
need to have a high floor kind of guy. And I think Derek mm-hmm. Carr brings that. And then from Makes his perspective, sense. because he's going to have some say in this, he has a no trade clause or he's going to get released and be free agent anyway. From his perspective, I mean, he's never had a good defense. Every single year he's had to win shootouts. It's yep. the only way they can win games. And to play the Jets team that has a top five defense this Very year. Very good defense. And they got weapons. They got weapons. Emerging star. Maybe you don't have Devontae Adams, but you're also not coming into a bad situation with some of the guys the Jets have. So I think it's a good spot for him, too, You know, because of the defense and some of the weapons they have in place. I think he'd fit the scheme pretty well to his – you know, because I think he's like a good developed version of Zach Wilson in a lot of ways. And like this offense was built for Zach Wilson, obviously. Um, and I think Carr has a lot of the same skills in terms of like arm talent, mobility, and uh, you know, just the confidence to take shots and stuff. So I think he could fit into it pretty seamlessly. So I'm all aboard that car train. I think that's a move for the Jets. And also if you can get it done early in the offseason – you know, kind of like the Rams did with Stafford a couple years ago, kind mm-hmm. of just allows you to build your whole offseason around that. You know what you're dealing with in terms of the cap and your roster, like what kind of quarterback do you have and how do you build around him? So yeah, I'm I'm on that car train. There are there are other quarterback options. I mean, hey, if Lamar Jackson wants to become available, the Rams wanna let him go. Uh, count me in for that. Lamar. But uh barring that or Rogers <laughs> or something, uh, I'm in on Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr has always been interesting because he hasn't played totally amazing this season, but he's always been, I think, a very good quarterback, kind of like fringe top 10 guy. You don't usually include him in your top 10, but he's a guy that's right out there, 12, 11 range. That he's, you know, he has terrific arm talent. He's got experience. So I think you bring him into the right situation, like the Jets, like you said. And I think he, Sky could be the limit for him. Yeah, it, it'd be a better situation probably than Las Vegas. Obviously, they have Devontae Adams, but who's their number two? Is it? I mean, you got Renfro. Is Matt Collins the other receiver on the outside? Yeah, I've been Four watching Eagles, some Raiders legends, games. There's a lot of Matt Collins in that offense. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a lot of Matt Collins. Um, so you come to the Jets, you got Garrett Wilson, who's an emerging star. Corey Davis, very good receiver. Uh, Elijah Moore, who knows what will happen with him. Uh, you got that elite offensive weapon, Braxton Berrios. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brees Hall. <laughs> you got a good good offensive line. Hopefully, Makai um, Becton comes back healthy. Who knows with him? It seems he's injured every single season. But maybe next year, hopefully, he'll be fine and not be overweight, I guess, was the concern with him in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Right? They said he was, like, overweight or something. Well, he's just a big man, you know. He can't help it. <laughs> So the Jets got – the thing about the Jets is they got a lot of good players, but they have a lot of very young good players, which I think makes them an attractive destination for any quarterback. Probably if you're a guy like Lamar who says, oh, I want to sign somewhere else, their car gets released, I think those are probably at the top of your um, list if you're those quarterbacks. Yeah, and I hope this is where we kind of see um... – Robert Sala's impact in terms of like culture and stuff come through because I think that's part of why you want to, you know, build a good culture, build a good reputation, all that stuff is because you want to be a good destination for outside free agents, for trade targets, stuff like that. Um, because you know, the Jets in recent years, like let's be honest, it's not the most appealing place to go when you're winning <laughs> two games, winning four games. When you have Adam Gase, when you have guys getting punched in the face, and you have guys 
you know, doing all this stuff. <laughs> I just remember Adam Gase's crazy eyes. Yeah, it's like, like, why <laughs> would you want to go there when when you have that? But now you've, you've got like Salah and, you know, say what you want about him in terms of game management and all that. And there are a lot of legitimate concerns. Jets fans are not super enthusiastic about Salah right now. And that stuff is concerning. But what he does bring is, you know, a positive mindset in the locker room and players love him coaches love him and i'm sure around the league it, he has that good reputation and that yeah. be a positive thing when you're trying to lure in a Derek carr or a lamar jackson or something like that so i'm hoping that um this new regime and kind of its culture and the way that they're perceived around the league can help them get a a good quarterback this offseason yeah it, it seems like the jets are a real I mean, I'll call Lamar, Lamar Jackson elite. I don't know if I'll call Derek Carr elite. He could be elite. I'll call him a very good quarterback. He seems like they're one of those very, very good quarterback plays away um, from being not even just a playoff team, but I think a team that could sneakily compete the AFC East next year. Yeah, like I think I think they really are a quarterback away sort of team because there are a couple of stats I looked at recently. Um, so in games they've lost this year, they've given they've given up the fewest points per game in losses, only about twenty one a game, mm-hmm. and they have the worst quarterback rating in losses this year. So if that doesn't tell you that they're a quarterback away kind of team, <laughs> I don't know what will. You're getting the worst and, quarterback and, play in your losses, and you're getting the best defense in your losses. So and, you're, you're that close. I think losing Brees Hall earlier in the season yeah. so early yeah. definitely impact because you know you could. You have him late on the season. You give him 16 carries a game. You throw him the ball, get get him six, seven catches a game. I think it would be a guy like Austin Eckler where you just are like, okay, here, we're going to not necessarily force feed you, but you are our big playmaker on offense. We're going to get you the ball whatever way we can. Yeah, that was a huge one because, I mean, when they started winning, it was that was a huge part of it, just feeding him and letting him carry the offense because he was – He's a legitimate superstar running back, turning into one, playing mm. and playing like one at that point. Just his breakaway speed, his power, his vision, his explosiveness, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and when he went out, they couldn't couldn't really replicate it. Michael Carter had a very down season, and eventually Bam Knight came along, and he was solid, but definitely not to a Brees Hall sort of level. So it was hard to replicate that, and it put more emphasis on the lack of quarterback play that they had. And Elijah Vera Tucker, too, who's yeah. looking like a potential all-pro offensive lineman. He played three different positions just in the first seven games, and he was great at all of them. So those two guys went out at the same time. They're 5-2 and two at that point, and since then, it is what it is, 2-7. and seven. So now hopefully can get those two guys back wheels. healthy next year. That would be enormous. That would be... Uh, um. Coming down here on the timer here, uh, not really a Jets game to preview totally. Um, there's an Eagles game that matters. You know, who would have thought a 13-1 team is going to need a big win here on week 18 of the last week of the season. Um, but I, it's disgusting to even want the Giants to risk starters. But I don't, you know, I don't even care if they do. I don't care if they don't. I just want to watch a team win a damn football game. I'm tired of watching incompetent rejects out there on the field. Give me Jalen Hurts and win this damn game, Christ! That's what that's my that's what I'm looking forward to. It's just to 
uh, if I don't see number one out there in offense, do I even turn on this TV? I mean, no, I just get your Tampa Bay tickets, get, get ready for the wild card game, and just pray that he'll be back. Get ready to get ready for a repeat of last year. A rematch <laughs> of last year, that's right. Very different rematch. Uh, basically swapping the win totals. But um, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope Hurts is back. Yeah. Beat down those resting Giants and get the one seed that the Eagles rightfully deserve. 